Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, it's actually a rainy morning here in Lagos, Nigeria. <laughs> very a little bit um yeah, grayish. Yeah, and it's um yeah, it's still very much election day in the US. I hope that goes well. Um so the title of today's um um episode is The Hour is Come. And um, I had promised two episodes ago that we were going to muse about, I would look into John 17 and unpack it a little bit because I've always had a sentimental attachment to, you know, John 17, which was really like Jesus's last valedictory prayer to God, where he sort of like committed the believers, you know, with his church, the apostles unto him. And he really prayed like the prayer, his heart's desire, what he wanted God to do for him you know, for those that he was leaving behind. And he sort of knew. And I think for me, what I get most about that John 17 prayer is that for God, for Jesus to have taken the trouble to pray that prayer while he was on earth, I think he knew that there's a difference between a prayer that you pray while you are on earth and the prayer that is prayed from heaven. You know, the Bible says that the earth, you know, heaven is the Lord's throne, earth is his full soul, and that the earth he has created for the children of men. There's a spiritual principle about that. You know, I, the prayers, we, we do know that people in, in heaven actually pray because, I mean, we, 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 we read the scripture where um, we saw the souls of the people who had been martyred, who had been killed for the sake of Christ, when they were saying, oh Lord, how long until you avenge our souls, you know, our blood upon the earth. So we do know that people pray, you know, in heaven, you know, we also do know that, you know, Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us, but apparently... There's something about the prayer you pray on earth, you know, um, there's something, you know, so there's a prayer, I, it's almost like because God gave the earth to the children of men, it is, we have a spiritual authority to, to determine, you know, and ask God while we are in the physical body. I, I'm not sure that that prayer can be the same when, when we are out of the body, because Jesus took special care. It was, I mean, he knew. He knew that there's a difference between the prayer that he prays while in the flesh, while present in the flesh on earth, than the one that he's praying by the side of the Father. Because that one, he has a right as a man, as a physical human being to praise. God will answer it on basis of special recognition. When he's at the right-hand side of the Father, he now goes back into the deity. They still have to now wait for one son of man to agree with them in prayer before they can do it, you know. Some, you know, I mean, really, because those are the principles that God has laid on the earth. You know, He always needs to work in partnership with somebody on earth to bring forth His His will. You know, and I think that's why the scriptures have. You know, we, I mean, I take it upon myself. Daniel did that as well many times. When I say some prophecies that I like, you know, particularly those ones I talk about bringing judgment to the wicked, I just prophesy it. I say it because I know that those scriptures were written showing what God wanted to do and he needs men to continue to declare it upon the face of the earth and by the way that is why the devil tries to corrupt as many people as possible on the earth because he knows that if he can corrupt the sons of men I mean he really cannot do anything if nobody on the earth cooperated with the devil 
he wouldn't have any power on the earth, which is why he went after Adam and Eve. The way God has made it, because the earth is made for the children of men, he needed men to walk with him. And which is why today, you don't see demons walking around, I mean, as in physically, because the earth is made for people with physical bodies. So there is something about prayers that are prayed while in the body. And I would, my only honest prayer is for everybody, if you're a parent, you are you have spiritual children or physical children i mean as people like jesus did you know people that you are you know you will leave behind a next generation that you are concerned about please pray all the prayers you want to pray for them now you know since i mean like jesus knew when he was um, he was leaving the body he knew that you know his time had come which is what we are talking about the hour is come but not all of us will know when the hour is come so Becca, we pray it now. <laughs> you know, you then prayer. You want to pray for your children, your your next generations. <laughs> you know, just pray it ahead now. And I'm speaking to myself as well because I think I haven't prayed. I have prayed some, but I haven't gone as far as I would like to. So maybe after this musing, I should I have to begin to write some things down and then begin to have a basis to begin to just something that I can always reference and pray to the lord about the hour is come it's very important i mean if you look at it why did jesus take the time very very specific so we're going to go through john 17 this is going to be amusing where we're just going to read one chapter if i remember any other scripture that i can you know call on at any time i will just say it off head i'm not going to like read it purposefully but it's just really to get a sense of i don't a sense of how god and jesus prayed before he left and to get a sense of what was in his heart because again the prayer that you would pray in that final hour if you know what i'm saying it must be very important prayer it must be what is most important to you so i um that's what we're really going to be musing about today so let's look into what jesus said to the father when he had gotten to that point when he knew that the hour is come so thank you for joining me So the hour is come, John 17, and I'll read from verse 1. It says, This word spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Verse 2, And as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Verse 3, Eternal life is that they may know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. I have glorified you on earth and finished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Lord, glorify me with your own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So let me just stop there. So, a very at the beginning part of God, um, Jesus' prayer, a lot of what he was saying was around, you know, um, glorify yourself, you know, as you have given, you know, um, the Son of Man, which is me, power over all flesh that you know i should give eternal life to as many as you have given me you know eternal life is that you know um you know they may know him you know and you know the only true god and jesus christ whom he has sent so a very important aspect of what jesus was talking about here was that so what we get from this is that it was very important um so god had given jesus power over our flesh and that Jesus, so that Jesus would give eternal life to as many as God has given him. And Jesus kept using this word, those that you have given me, those that you have given me, you'll see it. So, 
it makes me wonder at a stage whereby you know maybe this is really what god means when he talks about the elect of god is it that there are people that god has actually given you know to christ that's all like me i can't imagine ever ever you know i can't imagine being on the on the dark side you know what i'm saying i honestly believe that i was predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son jesus christ i believe that god made me because i i love god it's almost like it's almost like i i i i feel like and i think i've said this in some podcasts before i can't explain it but i feel like i have i was pre-programmed to love god i don't know how to explain it you know because it's is it's so easy it's easier for me to love him than to love you know any other thing it's far easier i don't struggle to love god you know i don't really you know and that's not to say that i'm you know i'm so holy no i mean i still struggle in the flesh with all the things that everybody else struggles with but because i love god it makes me make you know i i even when i do the things that are not pleasing inside i don't it's not comfortable for me you know it's not comfortable for me at all i don't like it you know so that love forces me to deny myself and try to make myself better and correct you know even when i i you know i it's almost like when you are in love with somebody you know you know sometimes you do things that hurt that person you know sometimes you may even betray the person sometimes maybe intentionally or intentional but immediately you realize that that's what you've done and you've seen the impact that it's had on your relationship with the person or even on the person's feelings and emotions because you love that person you're going to be very sorry you're going to be very repentant you're going to try to make things better you know and you really talk to yourself and caution yourself and make sure you don't do it again that's the way i feel about god but i've also seen that it's not everybody that feels that way and that even some people who i thought so i assume that all of us that call ourselves christian this everyone sort of feels the way that i do or more you know it just is in this 2020 that i realized that there are some people who are claiming to be followers of jesus but they really hate him as in they uh everything he stands for in fact if they see you and these are people in faith circles so if they see you moving closer to god they will do everything to make sure that you 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 they distract you or they deceive you into not doing the things that are pleasing in the sight of god and there are people who are supposed to be christians in fact some of them are supposed to be very prominent people in faith circles and it you would ask me you would wonder why would people be like that but the motives i still don't fully understand but what i could see was a real strong hatred for everything that god represents even while pretending to be his follower you know in 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 the physical natural life and i think these are the kind of people that god was talking about when he talked when jesus was talking about false brethren and all that but when I read this question, I saw Jesus saying, as many as you have given me. And you will see there are many places where he kept on saying, those that you have given me, those that you have given me. And another place where Jesus said, you know, the Lord knows them that are his. Honestly, I think, and for me, this is probably probably what then explains that experience that I had this year, where I was able to see what I would call evil up close. E-U-C, evil up close where i actually for the first time in my life i mean i've known people who do bad things you know but 
for the first time in my life I was able to see someone who I I mean who really I would say epitomize the spirit of the Antichrist in that and I'm not talking of people who are in other religions you know like it's, it's like a saw at some point he was anti was Antichrist because he did not believe in the gospel and he thought they were heretics that's that's not even the type I'm talking about now I'm talking about people who are pretending to be believers but by happenstance when one got uh, I got closer to them and through divine revelation discernment and a series of you know long-winding experiences I was able to actually find out that these people or this person hated God and everything that he stands for and hates the lights and so and I, I wonder, is that a question I ask myself? I say, and I'm really digressing here, but I think maybe God wants me to go there because I have not, not said this in any other episode. And I started asking myself, what is it that the devil has told you that will make you believe him or align with him to this extent that you have so much hatred for a, for a God that is good and is you know is light to the extent that when you see people going close to him your mission is to pull them away from the lights even when you know they need that light to overcome some very personal challenges and that god that light is actually helping them overcome it your own mission is to pull them away from there with such deliberate pick while at the same time pretending to want to want to help them and I know this may not make sense to some people, but I believe that just like when Jesus spoke parables to the people that is supposed to make sense to God will explain it to them afterwards. And for anybody that who doesn't understand it, eh, it's not your, it's not for you, you know. So just ignore it, you know. But yeah. So when I see Jesus saying here that as many as you have given me, yes, because I I believe that I'm one of those people that God that Jesus is referring to there because I honestly. I honestly, whatever it is that the devil gave those people to drink, that will make them align with him like that. Me, I, I don't know. As in, that that it cannot. Yeah, I, I'm not. It's, it's it's not something that could ever work with me. And it's not because I am so strong. It's because I am one of the people that God has given. God gave to Jesus. That's my belief, honestly, because I can see that what I have seen of Him. These people have not seen it. And it's the same scripture that we read. You know, so there's just, I guess there's some things I will not understand until I leave this earth. Because at the end of the day, the devil is going to lose. Why will you align with the losing side? I don't understand. Me, I've always had a winning attitude. That's always been me. I mean, God is a good God. He's very loving. There are many wonderful things. He has a fantastic sense of humor. The Holy Spirit is a blast. When you have a relationship with him, he makes me laugh even in moments when I, I shouldn't actually be laughing at all. So there are many reasons why I love God. I, I mean, he's, 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 he's so cool. He's, he's, I mean, he's just, he's just awesome. He's really, 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 really awesome. So he's likable. I think that's just the thing. He's likable, very down to earth. You know, he doesn't mind... You know, even though he's all that he is, he still comes down to everybody's level. He loves you the way you are. You know, he comes into your life to make you the best that you can be, but he doesn't want to change you to the point that you do not know yourself. He helps you find yourself. You know, so he's really, really likable. So if he was a human being on earth, I would want to be his friend. I mean, if Jesus was on the earth, 
I will be the one following me everywhere, you know, sitting at his feet and all that, you know. So, but then, so that's, I mean, he's he's likable. But the point is that even if he was not likable, at the end of the day, he's the most high God. So I don't get that. So I'm like, how? I, I, I'm like, did the devil lie to you that somehow, you know, everything will change and he will somehow be able to achieve what he has not been able to achieve in all these centuries and you know, as eventually take over what? So I don't get it. Or is it that you don't know that one day you die, and when you die, everything that you have gained from the enemy, you lose it. Honestly, I don't get it, and I've really digressed, but. I, I think it's just important, you know, this is really about heartfelt music, it's important for us to meet, and if I can't finish John 17 today, we'll continue tomorrow, but yeah, that's just it, so when Jesus says those that you have given me and I, and I, and I don't think that this means that um, you know, I'm not saying that this means that we cannot um, then you know, that we cannot then um you know that people can only come to God if God has given them. I think that anybody that wants to come to God will still come to God eventually. And this is the difference between God knowing things beforehand and things still happening. So I'm not saying, oh, because therefore some people have been decided they will come to God, and and whether I can do whatever I like because whether or not I I do whatever I like, if I'm supposed to come to God, I will come to God. No, I don't believe that, and I think I've discussed that in previous musings. I think that for some of us. There is a grace that is available to come to God. But we, I still have to make the choice. You know what I'm saying? So, And I think it's also possible to walk away even if there's that grace. But I think actually those people who have that grace, it, it's better to just move with the flow of it. Because if you walk away, well, you'll be grateful for the rest of eternity. But for some other people, I really just don't know what's going on in that space. But... Clearly, from what I can see with my limited understanding, don't take it, take it to the pinch of salt. Although the Bible also says that nobody can come unto the Father except the Lord draws him. So there's I think there is just something there that my natural mind may not fully understand. So I think God predestinates some of us. That is also in Romans 9. And I think we also have to exercise that choice as well. But I believe that even if somebody hypothetically was not predestinated, if that person expresses the will and wants to be with God, God will not cast him out now. After all, you know, God, God gives freely to everybody. And Jesus, the blood of Jesus was saved for all men. But my observation is just that some people, just like there was a Judas, who sat down, he was chosen by Jesus, God gave him a lot of opportunities to repent. The man still decided to collect 30 pieces of silver to go and walk against Jesus. Even while he was Jesus was going about preaching, he was watching the bag, you know, looking for where they were collecting offering money. That was what he was worried with. While other disciples were worried about asking Jesus about the meaning of parable, there is no record of Judas asking Jesus anything to clarify anything about the word of God. His only concern was how to make money of the situation. So I think that's just the thing. There are some, and the Bible describes him as the son of perdition. There are some people that are just evil. Just the same way out of many angels, devil decided that he'll be evil, and one third of the angels out of that time followed him. Yeah, it's just the way it is, I guess. So, evil up close. Hmm. So, when Jesus says those that God has given him, me, yeah, I understand because there are some people that really he has given him. And it's not everybody that is in church that belongs to God, which is what the Lord says. It's not everybody that is in church that is given or that even wants God or loves God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 
so verse 6 so he says that um, in verse 3 that eternal life is that we may know him the only true god yes and jesus christ whom he has sent and that is it so i think some people don't know the true god they don't even want to know the true god you know they don't want to know him I wish I could say more, but let me just leave it at that. So verse 6 says, I have, um, okay, verse 5. Now, Lord, glorify me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Um, I have manifested my name unto the men which you gave me out of the world, again, which you gave me out of the world. Yours, thine they were, in other words, they were yours, but you gave them to me, and I have kept and they have kept your word so jesus says these people they were his you can imagine that you are saying they belong to god and that you god gave them to me and they have kept your word so he's talking very spiritual things here because of course there was no time physically that god gave those men those men as far as they knew they were fishermen living a normal life it was when jesus came to them that they knew of anything you know but god jesus here is saying they are yours so god had foreknown them even though they did not know that god had a purpose for them but god had sort of selected them for himself and you know jesus went into that prayer session like we talked about two musings ago where god then gave him the leading of the people he would choose and probably that's why jesus says they, they were yours because you know god told him these are the people that you are going to choose and jesus you know god got uh, jesus got that truth after um, a night of prayer in revelation we mused on that um two days ago when we prayed the, when we did the lord teach us to pray um series the two of them yesterday and the day before so verse seven now they know that all things you gave me are of you that is of the only true god verse 8 for i have given them the words which you gave me and they have received them and have known surely that i came out from you and you and they have believed that you sent me very good verse 9 now i pray for them i pray not for the world but for them which you have given me for they are yours again in fact i think in this john 17 he said this them that you have given me he said it at least 10 times almost in practically every other verse he said it i pray for them i pray not for the world and he said i pray and you see this is him here and he's saying it's not this particular prayer is for the ones that you have given me so that was what john 17 was about and he wasn't praying for the world even though he came to die for the world he knew that there are some people in the world that will not reject him so he said i mean that will not receive him that will reject him so he decided that he was this prayer was for those people who will who will um receive the words that he has given and who will believe it so he says i pray not for the world but for them whom you have given me for they are yours verse 10 and all mine are yours and yours mine and i am glorified in them verse 11 and now i am no more in the world but these are in the world and i come to thee holy father keep through your own name those whom you have given me that they be one that they may be one as we are again (laughs) again he keeps on saying this and you know I think one thing we found out in this amusing as we've been going through it is that whenever God repeats something, it's not just it's for emphasis. It's not it's not just that he likes repeating it. It's for emphasis. He keeps saying, Those that you have given me, those that you have given me. And in another, you know, when the apostles started writing, they started using the word elect, the elect of God. In fact, maybe we need to do another music another time on that. Because maybe this may be a direction that God is taking. Now, let's really understand what it means to be the elect of god and again like i said this is not to therefore say that because some people are chosen of god you know that's that scripture that said you have not chosen me but we um i have chosen you that you may go um, and bear fruits and that your fruits may be remain so if i look at all these scriptures and maybe we need to do this you know it does look like there is something about god choosing people to himself 
there's something about God giving a certain people to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the testimony of Christ. There's something about God drawing people unto him. There's something about God choosing people that they will be, you know, that they will bear fruits for him and that they, the fruits will remain. There's something about God predestinating people to be conformed to the image of, of, of his of his son Jesus Christ. You know, there, there are so many scriptures that says, you know, many are called but few are chosen. The Lord knows them that are his. So there is something that has to do with that. But in all of that, the fact that even though they are given, the fact that Jesus has to pray for them to glorify him to keep them to do the will of god shows that the element of choice is still very much valid even for the elect of god so the fact that i'm i am part of the elect of god i am one of those that god has chosen i am one of those that god has given to the lord jesus christ to have as his own does not mean that i can do anything i like or i can reject him and there will be no consequence no I have to walk in it as well. I still have the free will to decide to walk in that way or not. And that's why Jesus was praying this prayer. That God help me to be able to keep these ones that you have given me. If there was no risk and once God gave them to him, they are kept. Then God, Jesus will not be praying this whole prayer. But the dedication with which he prayed all 24-25 verses of this John 17 and the Passion shows that he knew that for these people to be kept in my word after i have gone they need all of the help that they can get so he prayed earnestly and we'll do a summary of what this all these prayers mean by the end of the um, end of this music so verse 12 while i was with them in the world meanwhile he's still in the world and he's already talking as if he has left but that's what happens when you are spiritually minded the worlds begin to fuse in your mind so he knew his time was up so he was already talking like somebody who had left even though physically he was still there while i was with them in the world i kept them in thy name those that thou gave me i have kept and none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled verse 13 and now come i to thee and these things i speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves so he's saying now this is back to spiritual principles again he's saying that i am saying this in the world because he knows that there's a difference between a prayer that is prayed on earth and that which is prayed in heaven so he said, I'm saying this right now in the world, that they, my children, might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse 14, I have given them your word, and the world hates them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Yes, I know that, because I, I, I have I, I have experienced, like I said, I had, I had a very, very recent experience of this. And why it was shocking was that it was not, if it was someone of another faith, or someone that I knew that just didn't believe, generally or someone who lives in the world people masquerading as believers but they hate god and they hate christ it's, it's mind-boggling but such things exist the bible says it does exist and i can tell you that it does so <laughs> yeah verse 15 i do not pray that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil thereof yeah and this is a real valid prayer because there is evil in the world and that's more or less what i trying to say as well and i have been saying that and i have seen myself there is evil in the world there's evil in places where you do not expect for me i think that's the worst aspect of it that's the most shocking because the places where you expect evil to be it's not a problem because you expect it you are prepared your defenses are up but the evil that i see now is in places where you would not expect it 
places where people are supposed to be standing up and upholding what is right that is where evil has come to take hold sitting and is having a good time so verse 16 says they are not of the world even as i am not the world of the world verse 17 sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth so these are a lot of things that jesus is saying here you know keeping them from the evil in the world that even though they're in the world i'm not saying take them out so 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 for christians that are you know so god jesus doesn't want our lives to be cut short that's it he wants us to stay here and to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world for as long as we can in fulfillment of his purpose you know so that, that that's that's also good to know he, but he says that god should keep us from the evil because there's evil in the world and this was two thousand years ago if there was evil in the world in jesus time please there is serious evil in the world now and he says they are not of the world even as i am not so again, other scriptures tell us that friendship with the world is enmity with God. This is what Jesus is also saying here. And sanctify means set or set them apart, cleanse them. So sanctification has to do with purity, purifying, cleansing. It also has to do with separation from things of the world. So there is an inside, there's you know, there's the aspect that purges my conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Then there is the lifestyle of separation, of sanctification that sets me apart, differentiation, a spiritual differentiation in how I think, in how I behave, in how I conduct myself, in the way in which I impact people around me. There must there's, there's just a difference. So I will try to close it now. There's still quite a lot we need to read maybe i'll just read to the end and then i'll do a summary verse 18 as thou hast sent me into the world even so have i also sent them into the world yep it's very important for us to remember that so going into the world is a very important part thing for all of us and for their sakes i sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth and i find that very interesting when he says he's sanctifying himself for our sakes. I'm not going to ponder too much on that, but that is really interesting that he's saying that. Verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, which is Shola, of course. That You see, I like that verse 20 of John 17, because every time I read it, I know that, oh God, so you thought of me. And you, you know, I just think about this all the time. And, you know, So he, his prayer was not just for the people around him, and that was a very important point that he didn't make, because he knew that 2000, and 20 years after his passing and resurrection that Shola will be reading this and she will need to know that he thought of me as well when he died and went to the cross so that's that verse 21 that they may all be one all all be one as you father are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you have sent me verse 22 and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one even as we are one so this oneness unity of spirit of heart seems to be unity in the word and faith you know in the spirit seems to be a very very important thing kept on saying that we may be one all be one one as i am one as me and you are one verse 23 in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me so oneness in faith in love love is a very key thing of that perfected in love perfecting one verse 24 father i will also that those which you have given me be with me where i am that they may behold my glory which you have given me for you have loved me before the foundation of the world so this is also jesus saying you know when he says i go to prepare a place for you he's also saying father i want this one's not just to have a promise in this world but also in that which is to come it's so i think 
it was necessary for Jesus to say all of this because he needed, I think what he's done here is he's encapsulated everything, the spirit of the coming of Christ and showing that there's an eternal life, there's an eternal kingdom, there's an eternal love, there's a mandate for earth, but there's also a promise, you know, for eternity in heaven and that everything is wrapped around, you know, the fellowship of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's, he's put the entire gospel, the entire, you know, for God created, you know, all things are created and for thy pleasure they were created. The entire purpose of God for humanity is in this John 17. Yeah interesting verse 25 oh righteous father the world has not known you but i have known you and these have known that and these have known that you have sent me verse 26 and i have declared unto them your name and will declare it that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them and i in them that's verse 26 so i've gone to the end it's really nice it's such a wonderful love story i like this because it's so you know it's just very loving. I think that's just me to put it. So in summary, Jesus wanted us to, one, know the only true God and him, Jesus, whom he had sent. He also wants us to glorify God in our lives. So I'm summarizing everything that I could get from this chapter. He wanted us to glorify God in our lives or in my life and, and also to finish the work that he has given us to do. So this was what he was telling God. He said, glorify yourself. I have finished the work that you gave me to do. And, you know, Jesus said, as told us as the servant, is not greater than the master and that whatever they did to him they will do to us he has also said follow me you know walk with me you know and, and all of that so his life is a standard for us that's why we're called christians we're followers of christ so if god gave jesus a walk and he was supposed to have finished it that is what god expects for everyone to even paul said the same they said i have finished my course i am now ready to be offered up it shall be laid up for me a crown of righteousness there is a work that God has given to everyone. So all of us need to find out what that work is and we need to do it. Of course, we all know what the collective work is, which is going into all the world and preach the gospel, which is what Jesus said in John 17, um, 18, when he said, as you have sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And just before he ascended, he reiterated that when he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, go ye therefore into to all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So, there is a work that he has given us collectively as a church, individually, and a specific work that I am supposed to carry out and fulfill. And I'm supposed to finish that work before I leave this earth. Good. So, if you don't know what that work is, start seeking the face of God for it. But either way, the, the evangelism um work the lifestyle example work living out christ that is something that everybody can key into three manifest his name to all men we come in contact with that was verse six and four keep the word of god and live by it yes so that all may know that all i have is of god yes so i have to be an example of the believer in word indeed in faith in purity jesus also wants that god may be glorified in everything that i say that i do and I do, and that I, I may be one with all them that believe as well. So he wants me to live in the unity of faith in Christ and um, with others that believe and follow him as well. Um, and he also says that he wants um, that I may have the joy of the Lord fulfilled in myself. And, you know, that joy actually comes by living um, with him and do, living by him and doing the things that are pleasing in, in his sight. Finally, he also God also wants 
Then Jesus also wanted that God will keep me, keep his children away from the evil of this world, and that we'll be sanctified by the word of truth and we'll be perfected in the unity of faith in Christ. So that sanctification by the word of truth, we talked about that, that sanctified, that my heart is purged, you know, from dead rocks to serve the living God, and also that I'm set apart and I live a life of separation that is separate from the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and that I keep myself from the evil that is in the world from the perversion that is in the world, from the unbelief that is in the world, from the fear, the faithlessness, the love of money, the love of self, the cares, the selfishness, the wickedness, the idolatry, the false worship, the sinful lust, everything that is in the world, evil speaking, evil thoughts, covetousness, greed, malice, anger, hatred, strife, Everything that is in the world, God wants me to keep myself from it. And he's given the ability. So, yeah, the hour is coming. Is, 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 is a fascinating place that Jesus has come to. Where he had, after spending three years of ministry, full-time ministry, he looked at everything. He could see the past, where he was coming from. He could see what was ahead in terms of God's eternal purpose for man. And he wrapped it all together in John 17. So my prayer is that, Lord, everything that you prayed in this prayer concerning us and me, may it be fulfilled in our lives and in my life at this time in the name of Jesus. May it be fulfilled in our generations. May we truly be examples of the believer in word, in faith, in deed, in purity. May we fulfill the purpose for which you have called us, to which God gave us to you. May we know the only true God and him who he has sent. And may we make manifest your name to all men we come in contact with. And may you be glorified in our lives, because I think that's the most important thing to you. And may we finish the work that you have given us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep us from the evil of this world. Sanctify us, O Lord, by your word. And help us to be perfected in unity of faith. In unity of faith in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus' name. Amen.